been an interventionist guy But I know, darling, that you do But if I did, I would kneel down and ask him Not to intervene when it came to you. Well, not to touch a hair in your head, leave you as you are. If he felt he had to direct you, then direct you into my arms. Into my arms, oh Lord. As we came into the podcast, we had uh, the beautiful song by uh, Nick Cave, Into Your Arms, that was uh, played at Michael's funeral. But I guess more importantly, is a song that sort of resonates a little bit about, you know, life and emotions and, and spirituality and things. And as I said, again, uh, different podcast today. And I know uh, Nick was very close with Michael and uh, I think it was Godfather to each of their children. And yeah, it was nice to hear that sort of track on the way in B. Yes, Hayden, it was very beautiful and sad, but let's hear from the fans and his friends of their thoughts and memories of our beautiful Michael. We were rehearsing in, in the old ABC studios in Sydney and um, uh, I'd actually, Michael was staying in Double Bay uh, at the Ritz there and I lived in Putts Point, so a lot of the mornings I was picking Michael up and driving him to the rehearsals and. That way we knew he wouldn't be late. Um, anyway, this one particular day, day, I, weirdly enough, had stayed at a friend's house on the other side of the bridge, so I didn't pick Michael up that day. Um, and went to rehearsal, and we're all there, and there's kind of something going on, and our tour manager and, and our security guy were there, and they said, uh, guys, we're just gonna go down to Double Bay Police Station. Something happened in Michael's room last night. We don't know what it was. Um, and we're all sort of going, oh yeah, he's probably, you know, got busted with some drugs or something, you know. Um, and we sort of let it go. And anyway, Tim Farris in, in the band, the eldest of the three brothers, he had brought a little portable TV in to watch the cricket, which in those days was on the ABC. And so we're sitting in this rehearsal studio waiting for Michael to get there and the guys to get back from the cop station and, um, and watching, Tim and I watching the cricket and a news flash came over the TV saying, Michael Hutchins was found dead in his hotel room this morning. So that was how we found out. Like from a news flash on a TV, on the channel, in the place that the channel's broadcast from. Um, our tour manager and, and the, the security guy finally got back. And by then, um, journalists and cameramen from the ABC were knocking on our rehearsal door wanting to interview us. It's like, you know, I mean, it, it was such a shock and it was so surreal, um, so did you unexpected. Think it was, did you think at that stage, it's done? Um, not only have I lost my friend, but the band. Yeah, look, I, I not, I don't know. I, I mean, you know, di there were so many emotions going on, disbelief, um, uh, you know, even anger and things like that. I, I don't know if immediately that was something that perhaps crossed my mind, but certainly uh, later on, 
you know, after the funeral and when we finally sort of came back together, because we actually, uh, we were advised by our advisors to all just leave the city if you've got, a, you know, anywhere else you can go, just run away for a few days till sort of it all settles, all the media sort of thing settles. So weirdly enough, you know, for a band that was so close and always hung out together and, and had always been together for, you know, 20 years by then, and it goes back even further than that, we were all kind of sent in separate ways to kind of deal with it and grieve individually in a way. And it was, it was very weird, very weird. It is so hard to believe it's been 24 years since he left us. Michael Hutchins was not just a man. He was not just a rock star. A singer, a poet, a lyricist, an actor, a performer, an idol, and a father. He was all of that and much, much more. For each and every one of us whose lives he touched, we are blessed. Nobody in the past 24 years has come close to matching his qualities, his presence, his voice. There will never be another Michael, and we will never forget him. Thank you, Michael. We'll keep your memory alive. You will never fade away. What influence did Michael have on you as a, I guess, a member of a band and also a solo artist? Well, it's like, before the NXS guys became good friends of ours, I mean, obviously I was a kid growing up, just starting to kind of like discover whether I wanted to play music, but but those songs, like when, when you know, I was a fan before, before I was listening like Thieves and, and before, but then Kick, when that came out, that was a seminal record across the world. Like it was a game changer and, and sonically, and as far as, people realizing all over like that this was one of the most enigmatic sexy frontmen of all time and he had this kind of soul to him it was rock but it was very soulful um and i and, and i was i was always just, i was think i was just kind of drawn to that kind of primal thing that he had in his voice and that kind of uh gaze that he would have like right through the tv screen that made it feel like he was looking at you you know um and I met him years ago at a festival, right when we were first starting out. And they were headlining this festival and we were like playing sometime in the afternoon and I just like stuck my head into their tent, you know? I was like, oh my God, I love you. Um, and then I would have never known that years later, you know, we would, Matchbox would be out playing with those guys and those guys would become like genuine friends. So that's, a, it's an honor to, to, to be able to have those guys to kind of, uh, as, as mentors. This is Sarah from Sydney. I've only been listening to In Excess for two years, so sadly Michael wasn't on my radar whilst he was alive. The beauty of music, though, means that he's still very much with us. I think Michael's voice is absolutely phenomenal. I really love it, and, and I love the range of songs he sang and wrote, from the stadium rock stuff to the more tender tunes, and also those with a more political theme. My favourite lyric at the moment is from Let It Ride. It is called in between the sun and the moon and the stars. I think Michael sings that so beautifully and when I first had that song I couldn't stop playing it. My understanding is that it was important to Michael to be seen as an artist not just a commercial pop star and to me he was a brilliant talented and humble artist with a very big heart. He never, never seemed suicidal to me. I don't think he was suicidal, I, and I do believe that his death was an accident. I really do.
Thank you, Simon LeBon. This is a message from Leanne Nielsen. Michael helped to lift me from a very dark place in 2019. Truth be told, I really didn't know any of the truth about Michael or in excess at the time and their music had faded into the background of my life. I was going through the most difficult experience of my life and my mental health was being severely tested. One evening, I just wanted to zone out in front of the TV to forget my troubles and never tear us apart started playing on my TV. As I watched the series, I was amazed and shocked to learn a version of Michael's life and death I'd never heard before. His story broke my heart, while their music transported me back to a happier time. But something else also happened. A light bulb moment, a recognition of the depth of his pain, a gentle soul being overwhelmed and buffeted about by circumstance out of his control. I wanted to know everything there is to know about him, his incredible life and his TBI. Since then, I'd read every book written about him. I've become an avid collector of In Excess and Michael memorabilia. I've met some of the most beautiful people and made some lifelong friends along the way. Michael may have passed 24 years ago, but he somehow reached through the ether touched my heart and lifted me up and out of my darkness. I honestly don't know if I would have made it without his lyrics, his story and his energy, somehow lifting me up and out of my revere. I'm beyond humbled and eternally grateful for his existence, his brilliant lyrics, almond looks that chill divine, wow his stunning baritone voice and the thousands of video interviews that all these years after his passing have helped to save me from myself. Thank you, Leanne, that was beautiful. You often were met um, since 97. Yeah, all the time. And think, where would we be at this, this stage of our lives if the big fellow was still with us? Of course, yeah. I mean, that's that's probably the biggest tragedy of all in many ways is uh, where we would be now if we were still being creative with Michael. Mm. Um, you know, but, you know, I'm still in a good place. Uh, I think we all are. You look it, right? In, in some ways, thanks, mate. Yeah, I, I, you know, uh, straightened up Mac a lot since and um, feel a lot better for it. Got a lot of energy and uh, spending a lot of time with my wife. And my kids are growing up and... You know, it's 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 we've got a rich history, and I'm very grateful to, to everything. It's a, just a real shame that we we never got to tour Australia as much as we would have liked once we became famous internationally. Mm -hmm. We spent more time overseas than we did in this country, and of course, we were about to tour Australia with Michael when he died. So, Tim, it's easy to talk about things in hindsight and leading up to Mike, uh, the passing of Michael. There was a photo of him in yesterday's paper with Tiger Lily, and as opposed to the photos very early on and around Shabu Shabar and the Swing album, there looked to be something missing yeah. in the photo. He looked very troubled towards the end. Yeah, he was. He was very troubled towards the end. And, uh, it was very, very difficult to know really how to, you know, none of us have trained in uh, psychology. psychology. Yeah. Right, that sort of thing. But, you know, you know, you, in hindsight, it's very easy to say, I wish, you know, I wish I'd been there for this, I wish I'd done that. But you can't beat yourself up over those things, and um, what you just take, you learn from your mistakes. And you know, I guess at the end of the day, what we do take out of it is just trying. Everyone in the world should just be conscious of the people around them and make sure we all look after each other. 
let's hear from a few beautiful girls, Suzanne Lynn and Susan Purvis. Michael made me feel like it was okay for me to be me with his lyrics and how he treated me the times we met. My mom always said, don't ever hate or say you hate. It's such an ugly thing. Hate baby hate when there's nothing left for you. You're only human, what can you do? It'll soon be over. That made me feel like my feelings were okay to feel. And don't let your hate take over you is something we all need to do. Around Michael, I didn't feel like the unpopular kid I was at school. He treated me with kindness. There were a couple of times when approaching him, I could see his body tense up, but then he would turn and see me and his body language and face would soften and he'd say, it's you. He knew I was one of the good ones, not a crazy annoying one. And it makes me happy that he saw the good in me. My love affair of Michael began in 1983. One of the things that I did with my obsession was my boyfriend at the time, I had him cut his hair just like Michael's back at that time. It was kind of short and a little bit mullet-esque. Also, um, if you would have asked my niece and nephew when they were kids who my boyfriend was, they would have told you Michael Hutchins. Not very many six and seven year olds knew who Michael Hutchins was back in those days. But Michael has meant quite a bit to me over my lifetime. And this lovely message from Felicia. Playing in the dirt, we find the seeds of doubt. Don't water them with your tears. Don't think about all the years. We rather be without. Lyrics from Kiss the Dirt. Michael touched my life in so many ways. Thank you for all your love and caring to all whom you touched. In my thoughts always, Michael. Dear Michael, I just watched a video of you singing at the Mantra Festival and you are amazing. So happy, so vibrant, so full of life. You and the band are my heroes as a little girl. You put Australian music on the world stage and you made me so proud to be Australian. I wish things never changed. I wish things never happened to make you sad and lonely and depressed. We all miss you very much and wish you were here with us right now, but I hope you're rocking it out for all the angels and souls in heaven. One day we'll all be reunited and we can watch you strut your stuff on the heavenly stage again. Till then, thank you for my happy childhood memories which I can relive again and again through your videos. Lots of love, your fan, Carmen. Hello, this is Lori from Chicago. You know, I've really struggled to find the right words to express what Michael's music meant. Unfortunately, I just don't have the same talent for words that Michael had or that his friend Simon Laban had. So if it's okay, with Hayden and B, I'd like to just play a little bit of the Duran Duran song, Michael, You've Got a Lot to Answer For. I came over your place today In a Just the company Gentle giving the afternoon 
people say, oh, he's always like Jim Morrison or something, but he wasn't moribund and, and uh, a bit of a lagoon like, like old Jimbo was. They both know how to use their hips and they had good hair and there's, there's a lot more to it. And we're watching performances of theirs, whether it be the US Festival in 83, and we're seeing that very soon after that was happening. And, oh, that's an Australian band playing the Massive Festival. I guess as a band as well, they, they just wanted it, you know, really wanted it, and they'd had some real songwriting now could do that big, big stage thing. And when that got lambasted and looked down upon, when Oiks Like Us were coming up with it, but we want that. We just, don't know how to do that. To, to find that um, in that pop world, someone who had what people would deem rock and roll is, a, is in many ways a, a really fantastic combination. A person like him that's still a great performer at any time from the get go until he died. Uh, just really couldn't keep your eyes off him. So Mario Awards in 1996. And inaccessible performing, nothing they did elegantly wasted at the show, I think. And I was, I was excited to see them, you know, I was a, a fan. And uh, we were being touted as the uh, hot, hot young things. And so backstage I ran into Michael and, and uh, it, it kind of looked drawn and, and tired, but still very handsome. And, and I can't remember the exact conversation because I get starstruck like anybody. And he said, oh, you know, good to see you again. And he said, I'm sorry, I guess it's your year. And I said, I, I don't want it to be our year. I want it, I just, I'm just glad to be here or something like that. But yeah, the, the months before, they were just absolutely pillared in excess. And um, Michael, if not personally, then there was that spectre of it was being absolutely lambasted by elements of the Australian press that now go, oh, wasn't he just the greatest rock star? He got given and the band after the concert for life and there seemed to be this um, uh, feeling that they were of another era and it was they were, they were big and flash and, and that wasn't what rock and roll was nowadays. Now, kind of knowing what went on, the skullduggerous nature of what went on around that, um, I just think everyone coming out and talking about Michael the way they do now, I think they just Remember the way you behaved back then. You, you, some of you could hang your heads in shame. Thank you, Tim Rogers, Australia's musician, writer, and actor. Bridget, I was struggling with not wanting to record an audio that would turn in things into a sad day on Michael's memorial. Just during this period, I am experiencing things close to me where I try to stay positive. I think we're all at the age and time where you have to deal more with illness and deaths of loved ones among friends and family. To keep up with my work as a nurse, COVID strikes again in the Netherlands. I also want to stay positive, enjoy the little things and be thankful for them. So I didn't feel good with recording a message. But then I was listening to part three of Welcome to Wherever You Are podcast with Andrew. 
Mark and you were talking about it and Andrew and Hayden said that was going through my mind the whole time. I want to celebrate Michael. I love you guys. So I went to send a message to say that I am celebrating Michael's life every day but especially on the 22nd of November. I'll be thankful for the great music of In Excess, Michael's excellent voice, how beautiful it sounds every time. For me, he is the greatest singer of all time. Thank you, Michael, for the great smile, naughtiness and swagger. I don't know him personally, of course, but he must have been such a kind, intelligent person. So let's rock on and keep enjoying all the good of Michael and In Excess. message from Manny. Hey Michael, sending this message to you. Hope it gets through. Could take a while. You're our man of the world. Our admiration. Our only one. We miss the fun. Consistently, Australia does very, very well, and no one has done better in the music industry than in excess. Profess an old fella like me to be the world's greatest authority, but I know they're good. But more importantly, the world knows they're good, and they're right up there at the top of their industry on a worldwide basis. And I just want to make the point that in excess, in what it's doing, is as important for Australia as our exporters in earning income and putting Australia where it should be, right in the centre of the world's consciousness. At last, we're not the underdog. Helena Christensen was, she, she talks about him, and also that terrible incident in Copenhagen, yeah. where he failed, he got into a fracas and somebody punched him, he fell yeah. and hit his head really badly. Yes. I remember reading about that, but I didn't realise how bad it was, how bad that brain it was, injury was. It was incredibly serious, and it was mm. also, um, it was just out of the blue. He didn't even get into a fracker. He was eating a slice of pizza on a push bike, and he got king hit from behind by a taxi driver, who then just drove off. Right. And, but Helena thought he was dead. He was on the footpath with blood coming out of his ears and nose. 
And um, when he got to the hospital, he sort of start, woke up and started yanking all the tubes out. Yeah, because he was injured. Yeah. That's why. I mean, and, that, yeah. and they thought he was just a drunk rock star or, you know, See, out so of that rock image, star. that stereotypical image Absolutely. then goes, goes against yeah. him. Because if he got better treatment, you do wonder whether or not things would have been oh, a little absolutely. bit different. In fact, the, the, the doctors I spoke to said definitely would have been different if he'd actually gone and stayed in hospital, taken all the anti-inflammatory drugs and all that sort of stuff. It, it would have been, been a very different story. I know, because he was, you know, he was a, a bit tortured soul after that. It was uh, difficult. He kind absolutely. of started ricocheting from problem yeah. to problem. He never, he never had that sort of sudden temper that he my call for the first time when I was 11 in the Need You Tonight video and I remember just being completely um, intrigued by, by the whole uh, the whole piece, you know, the music, the visuals, uh, Michael's smile and um, just a wonderful mixture of genres and I, I was really tickled and then of course I, I you know, new, new sensation came up and the devil inside and then the um, uh, never tear us apart, and I just completely fell in love uh, <laughs> with, with, the, with the music, the band, and of course with beautiful Michael. And I heard something once that I thought was quite interesting. Um, people said that uh, you either uh, wanted to be, uh, to have Michael in you, <laughs> have him in you, or you either wanted to be in him, uh, meaning that either you found him so sexy that you wanted to make love to him or have him make love to you <laughs> or you wanted to actually be him be in him because and I think that was the case for me as much as I thought he was uh, charming I just wow he watching him perform was like medicine he looked so free and he was so generous and so surrendered in this performance and it was just so Ah, inspiring, and you just, you know, he really wanted to, he really made you want to become a, a rock star, <laughs> you know, and everybody started growing their hair and look, trying to look like him, but it was just because of this, yeah, I don't know how to say it, just this invitation, basically, to be, <laughs> and to be him through him, right, or to, yeah, so that that's really what Michael taught me, is just to be, as a performer, as an artist, just to be very generous and, and surrendered. I also think that he was very timeless and very open-minded and, yeah, beautiful, beautiful, um, beautiful person from what I, I know from him. And dearly missed, of course, and celebrated, still, still alive for sure. Um, I, I would have loved to sing a song as a tribute, but I guess I'll wait for his birthday. <laughs> so go, go give me more time to practice. Thank you. This is a message from Laurel Schneider. La Laurel's had quite a lot of um, things happen to her last year and um, she lost a friend and um, a friendship ended and sadly she lost her brother and she rediscovered in excess and as the year started to end I was discovering all of in excess music created many playlists that is how much music is out there and how it is all so different to discover it 
it helped me get through what I was going through. I could go on. Michael has impacted so many people that he will never know. He wanted in excess music to matter. I wish I could tell him that it does. I, there's a photo of Michael that I took in the studios that night, and that's the night he took me and my friend Katrina in for a, a really personal tour of the studios and a very detailed tour. And um, we went into the kitchen and, and he, he said, this is the famous Rhino's kitchen. And he opened up his arms, both arms wide. And, you know, and instantly, even though I was young, I'd seen that photo of Jim Morrison with his arms open. And it just came to, I just had this moment where I thought, oh, I need to get a photo with Michael with his arms open. So I said, oh, Michael, can you open your arms again and do that moment? I, I need to, t you know, I need to take a photo, you know? So I snapped that photo and, um, you know, he made us coffee. Somebody asked me the other day that they sent me a message and say, what, what, what biscuits are in the biscuit tin in that photo? And what, <laughs> what tea did he make you? And it was Bushel's tea for those of you. What's it? Bushel's tea. <laughs> and, I, uh, um, and, um, but no, so, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. Some Aussie biscuit, but, uh, Nobody was in there cooking for us, but uh, look, we were just happy to, to be there. It was such an epic time. It was such a thrill to be there for all of us. And, um, and you know, as I said to you, 30 years later, I'm still talking about it with such enthusiasm as well. Michael, you meant the world to me. Your voice, your lyrics, your aura. You got me through all the good times and all the bad times in my life and continue to do so. I love you forever. I remember being in a record store, a large record store in Australia. This must have been 1989. And there was there were posters for this group I'd never heard of before called Inks Ink Six Ink Six, and I was like, what? The, like number one, I'm like, these graphics are incredible. And what are you playing? I'm like Inksis. I've never heard of this. They they were all over. It was it was a two story record store. I was looking up. All I saw was Inksis and these incredible black and white and red graphics. And then they were playing this music. I was like, what the hell is this? Who's the singer? They're like, it's an Inksis. I'm like, who's that? I never heard of them. Of course, it was Australia. I was, of course, it was Michael Hutchins. I took so much from Michael Hutchins. And S Strange Currencies is the song. I went back to him and said, listen, man, I lifted directly from you, especially the middle eight. This is you. That guy, that guy contains such swagger, such charisma. He, more than any singer, I think, of our generation, could pick up a room in one hand and drop them on their head without even, without even thinking about it. He was just astonishing. And I met him through Bono. Uh, they were very close friends. And uh, and Bono and I both took a whole lot from Michael. He was yeah. an incredible inspiration. Interesting. And it's interesting thinking about Michael because he was from that same scene that gave us Nick Cave and, and all of those bands that emerged from that. Um, and yet they took it in a more pop direction and got the global international success pretty well. In, in some ways, pretty quickly, no, because probably because of Michael's amazing charisma. No. And, and I mean, the, they had an ins insanely brilliant songwriter. I think the keyboard guy was the one who did most of the heavy lifting there, but 
but that, that was a great band. But he was just incredible. And I, so I, I, I had the opportunity, actually, before he passed away. I, I, uh, I was like, thank you for that song. I, 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 it was a new way for me to sing. I didn't use that kind of soul motown kind of thing. And it's odd to me that it came through Michael for me to return to that, especially with Mike and Bill in the band uh, and uh, the references that they pulled in. But it was, it was a new way of singing for me. Matey would like me to read out some lyrics by Nick Cave um, from Ghostine Speaks. I am beside you, look for me. I try to forget, to remember that nothing is something where something is meant to be. I am beside you, look for me. Thank you, Matey. Foxy found it very hard to send a message like a lot of you and um, my thoughts are out with you all today as well especially you guys I know there's a lot of boys out there that can't express their words um, and my heart goes out to you guys because I know the love for Michael is it runs very deep anyway back to Foxy Foxy, I asked her, well, give me a, a song that makes you think of Michael or, or something. And she says the only song that she really breaks down and thinks about Michael each time is Don't Change. And I said, why is that? And she says, it's the battle cry. And the entire song is about making the conscious choice to choose happiness no matter what happens, no matter your pain, don't change. You must believe. Thank you, Foxy. Rival, I guess. Oh, we never really saw them as rivals, and um, they were so great. I mean, we were envious of uh, some of their grooves and and this beautiful baritone, mm. you know, and. And this this guy who'd be flirting with your girlfriend uh, the moment you turned your back is just he was so bold and mischievous, and we miss him. We really miss him because we used to we've a house in France um, that we share, Edge and myself, and indeed all the band are down there. And we, so we, we we spent the summers in France, or we'd write down there and do things like that. And he was always around and. E even now, all these years later, it's just as like a seat at the table. Mm. That isn't there, yeah? So, uh, so we, we often start with a piece of music. In, in the case of this song, Stuck in a Moment, it was a piece of music I was working on on piano, but um, I, I really like how it sounds on guitar, so I was playing it to Bono, and it's, it was a, a sort of song with a gospel quality. And, but we wanted to write a kind of a, an, a, a love song, but not, not a sort of straight love song. And Bono got inspired lyrically. Yeah, there was also Larry and Adam heard it, and Larry thought it sounded sissy. Um, <laughs> I, don't know, so I don't know what that means. It's, 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 it's Irish for in, t in touch with your feminine self. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and so we, actually he was kind of right, because there's a very high chorus, and we wanted it a bit more biting. And uh, we had, uh, we, we still miss, but we were really missing at the time, a very, very good friend of ours, uh, a guy called Michael Hutchins, who sang for In Excess. And, 
beautiful man, uh, and and it's he, he he died in a horrible way, and and I got you know sometimes it, with grief, I think it can affect you in a different way, and I wrote this song as kind of like an angry song in a way. It's a sort of it's like an argument between two friends. And that's what contrasts the emotion of this beautiful chorus, which uh, Edge had got coming from the gospel tradition. Uh, if you want to, we can do a little bit of it if you like. Get out of here, sing it. If the night was 
there may never have been an in excess if Andrew Farris hadn't come to the aid of new kid Michael Hutchins, who was in a fight with a school bully. It was the beginning of a lifelong friendship and songwriting partnership. What made him susceptible to bullies? I think he was always a bit of a, a, a girl magnet, you know, like he'd always, you know, the girls would always go to Michael, you know. Um, and I think maybe guys felt threatened by that, I don't know. Young fans fell in love with the band, seduced by Michael's intoxicating charisma. Extremely willing, you know, to uh, throw all the clothes out when they get hot, put it that way. We were quite young, and so was our audience. Like, predominantly young girls, you know. And Michael was, in particular, was, wasn't that comfortable with, you know. Even, you'd think, you know, oh, all your adoring fans and the screaming girls outside the buses and the whatever. Well, especially because we'd come out of the we were trying to, Yeah, we were trying to get yeah. past that. You know, we didn't want to be a, a teeny band. Teeny bop you know? band, yeah. Yeah, so we tried consciously to look ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Songwriting with Michael, was that something extra special? Did you guys have sort of a magical connection in that way? Well, I, th I think we, we trusted each other and we didn't argue, you know, like he didn't say, I don't like that and that sucks and, you know, what on earth are you bringing that to me for and all this sort of stuff. Uh, with Never Tear Us Apart, I said to Michael, everyone was relaxing around us, so I got this idea for a song, he goes... That. So I don't know. <laughs> so then he says, well, what about, you know, we add, don't ask to it. And that's how it starts. Don't ask me what you know is true. Don't have to tell you. If that's what you came up with, was there much change between your initial thoughts and what we hear on the radio? N not a lot, no. I was standing. You were there. Two worlds collided. Michael just never wanted to get old. You know. oh, that's a good point. Uh, and he didn't, you know. So, you know. You bastard! <laughs> um, you know, but... Um, we miss but, him a yeah, lot. Yeah. You know? Well, B, that was it was great just hearing from so many people there, and yeah, it's a bit hard not to well up, isn't it, when you sort of listen yeah. to that? And again, you know, let's let's use this today as a sort of a celebration of Michael. I'm sure he would say that you know enough of enough of the tears, but uh, again, it's still our way of remembering you and uh, saying thank you for for the music. If I could coin an ABBA phrase, uh, B. Yeah, not just the music, but for the love and joy that he brought to us when he was playing. I mean, just like total respect to you, Michael Hutchins. Yeah. And we, look, we thought we would go out today with uh, a fantastic song that he released, I, I guess, posthumously off his uh, solo album. Mm -hmm. Not so much the Max Q one, but the sort of the self-titled album. It's Slide Away. Bono came in and finished some of the lyrics. The song was fractionally incomplete, but... Uh, when Bono heard the tracks and the raw cuts from Andy Gill, he was like, that's the one I'd love to, to get my teeth into and help out a little bit on. And um, look, it's probably topical in the sense that sort of Michael, you know, did slide away, but it's a beautiful song. It, if it had been released, I think, as a single at the time, would have been a, a massive hit because it's such a great lyric and very emotional. So I guess, B, it's a goodbye from me. You might be able to slide away, but it will never be forgotten. And it's a goodbye from B. Yeah. <laughs>